0: On today's show, going to be previewing the opening night matchup against the Portland Trail Blazers with Mike Richman, host of Locked On Blazers. All things Clippers, Blazers. Coming up next on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team
1: every day. What up, world? It's your past first point guard, host of Locked On Blazers. You're listening to Locked On Blazers, Locked On Clippers, special crossover edition here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making both of these shows your first to listen. I'm joined by host of Locked On Clippers. I've seen him at Dime Dropper Pod on Twitter and also the Dime Dropper Pod channel on YouTube, Darian Vaziri. Darian, how you doing?
0: Very excited. Very excited to be here. First time collabing with you. So it's always nice to add locked on hosts to the collaboration resume.
1: Yeah. And 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 the season is here, dude. We're gonna Finally. play real basketball games that count. Um, I don't know about you, but I've been itching for meaningful basketball games uh for closing in on two years, so I might not get that anytime soon, but at least these count in the standings. That's right. Yeah,
0: so, I mean. It's going to be fun opening night. I'm going to be there, by the way. So i nice. very excited to see the new look Blazers. Yeah.
1: And the sort of similar look Clippers, right? Like what is, what is going to be other. Th- okay. Here, here's what I know from some sort of the outside. Here's what's going to be different about the Clippers. They're going to play Marcus Morris less and they're going to pretend that they, tr- they care. They're going to care for the first 80 games. Um, it,
0: what else do I, what else do I need to know? Russell Westbrook for a full training camp. Uh, Right. Russ is definitely a big culture guy, vibes guy. It seems like he's really uplifted the spirit of everybody in the locker room. Like every media member or player that speaks about him has glowing reviews of who he is as a person and what kind of teammate he's been and and fulfilled a void that we really kind of needed because Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, they're kind of lead by example leaders. They're not necessarily vocal leaders. And I feel like when you look at championship teams across history, you always have at least one guy that's very vocal. And Russ, he is a galvanizer. He is a guy that, you know, uplifts other guys' confidence. So having him for a full training camp and then having a backup center, former Portland Trailblazer Mason Plumley, for the duration of the season, last season we actually had either no backup center to start the season or Moses Brown, who I know you're starting to become a Blazer legend, with. yeah. Yeah, so – we didn't really have options there. Mason Plumley now gives us that backup option. And then having bones Highland from the start of the season as well, gives us an element of pace and youth. Terrence Mann starting has made every Clipper fan ecstatic because he's just a great guy to fit in with other star players. Uh, and then having KJ Martin added to the team, a, a little explosion of vertical spacing and bounce and athleticism that we didn't have. So by all accounts, the Clippers are going to try to want to play faster this season. Because we've been a very slow team in this Kawhi Paul George era, but I know that sounds like a lot. I'm probably making it sound like more changes than it really is. Nothing compared to your Blazers. Well, I I do think um, if the
1: Clippers last year, the Clippers pretended like they were a seven time champion and they could co- and they just had to get they just had to get themselves to the playoffs. Maybe. they just said they just had to get themselves to the playoffs because they were so darn good, right? Um, I don't think they could do that this year. So in some ways, I think there's some there's some benefits to last year because it's like, oh uh, the, the first 70 of these things definitely matter. Like, uh, we, le- they at least got to get to the last like two weeks of the season. The West is too good to coast. So I think there's some value there. Um, I, I was smiling when you said that they're going to play fast. Every team wants to play fast, baby. Every team in the, in the, um, summertime wants to play fast or the fall wants to play fast. I'll believe a quiet Leonard team, uh, runs when I see it, but I, I wonder, and then we can talk about the blazers after this. It seems like, it seemed like the Clippers had too many players last year. Like they had sort of the curse of depth. Do you think they've sorted that out a little bit?
0: A little bit. There are still 11 players that have a good case to play, but yeah. I'm thinking that that 11th guy, and, and granted there will be injuries. There will be Paul George and right. Kawhi missing games here and there. So those 11 guys, I think they'll all still get to play here and there. And who I think the 11th guy is a great Portland Trailblazer, Nicholas Batum. Nico has kind of expressed the desire to play less minutes, be more of a reserve. So I think if there's any player that'd be willing to be that 11th guy, you play anytime someone's out or we really need you and accept that role. Nicholas Batum would be that guy because he's already hinted at this potentially being his final season. He does the Olympics at home in Paris and then he's out with his professional career. And that would be a pretty fitting ending for him. So I think we really have sorted it much more than last season we had a guy like John wall last year, who was really trying to prove that he was still John wall. Right. Russell Westbrook. He needs, he just wants to prove that he can contribute to a winning organization. And now we've given him the power you, to be knowing he's the starting point guard. You are the guy that's going to have the ball in his hands and finding Kawhi and Paul George who wanted less on ball responsibility. So that's great. That's why I'm also not pro James Harden is because I was going
1: to ask yeah, what happens if they shake this right. whole thing
0: up. I don't know where Russ fits into the equation there people that want James Harden have said, go to the bench from everything I've heard. And even the beat writers are saying it, that is not an option. He's not going to go back to the bench when we basically pulled him out of the lowest point of his NBA career and put him back in the starting lineup. So I do think to answer your question, we have sorted out the depth thing better than last season for sure. And I think it's going to be fun to see these guys play and it's cohesive. Now we know the roles more defined at the start of the season.
1: Yeah. I- I, I worry that they're going to figure it out. And then like Thanksgiving, they're going to trade for James Harden. And it's going to be like, this is a bad idea. And they're still going to just push forward. The problem, It's like um, one of the challenges of the modern NBA is that like, if PG and Kawhi want this to happen, All it needs is a little bit of momentum downhill and it's going to happen. Even if it's like so obviously a bad idea. Um, James Harden is really good though. It just, I don't, I can't figure out why he would be helpful to the Clippers. I, I didn't ever watch them last year. and was like, boy, if they only just had another dude who would dribble and not play defense. Um, Yeah.
0: Another dude. It's not like we struggle to create
1: good shots. No. They just, it's like the thing that James Harden doesn't maybe do is like set that sort of intense tone and that's what the Clippers need they need someone to set like an intensity tone so they play really hard because they're extremely talented um but you know whatever they're going to trade for James Harden it'll be fun at least you have something to talk about on this show um let's let's talk Trailblazers you mentioned about some questions about their 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 um whole new look let's let's talk about that in the second segment
0: I got to tell you a little something about FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads player props, over-unders, and more. And right now is the best time to be betting because the World Series are right around the corner. Shout-out to the Texas Rangers for beating the Houston Astros, who I do not like. And the NBA season is starting this week. NFL is in full swing. So the time to bet on FanDuel is now. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All
1: right, you're still listening to a crossover edition of Lockdown Blazers and Lockdown Clippers. I'm Mike Richmond with, here with Darian Vaziri of Lockdown Clippers. Uh, whatever show you're listening to, make it your first listen every single day. This is a special cross on ep- episode in both feeds. A whole bunch of fun, Darian. I- I'm sure you're curious about the baby Blazers. What do you got for me?
0: Well, I think on paper your starting lineup is pretty exciting, pretty interesting. Good player at every position. Scoot Henderson, Anthony Simons, Shadon Sharp, Jeremy Grant, and Ayton. Obviously, this seems like a rebuilding process for the Blazers. They have clearly, you know, they've traded Damian Lillard. They finally have done it. And now it's going to take some time to get back to a level where you're really contending for things. But what makes the Blazers interesting to me is, one, Scoot Henderson, who, yep. I mean, Everybody for months thought he was going to be the second overall pick slips to three. And then you have DeAndre Ayton, who in a similar way of Westbrook, how he goes to a new organization and seems like his vibe has totally changed. I saw the videos that the Blazers social media team were posting, and this guy looked like he had just been drafted. So it was very clear when you read someone's body language that Ayton felt like he didn't want to be this fourth option kind of thing anymore. He wanted to be a guy who got the ball who was looking, looked to as a go-to guy. So I'm really excited to see how he takes that challenge because now he really has nowhere to hide. The team might not be very good, but I would like to see DeAndre Ayton have the best scene of his career statistically and just performance wise. But yeah, it's a fun team. I mean, I'm questioning, I'm willing to, or should I say curious to ask what you think the team's going to be as somebody who knows them much better than I could.
1: Uh, I mean, I think they're probably going to be, if not the worst team in the West right there at the bottom. Like, I mean, it just, there's a lot of things working against them. One, it's a talent, a talent league. That's just kind of the nature of it. It's sort of always been that way. I think we're maybe more attuned to it now, but it's a talent league and the Blazers do not have really high level top end talent. Every time is really good. Um, Jeremy Grant is a solid third ish option, second, third is he even
0: gonna be is he even gonna be on the team in January? Like are they gonna go a different direction? Because Clipper fans really want Jeremy Grant like more than Harden in terms of fit. We'd really oh, like be a
1: great fit, yeah.
0: Um oh yeah, also
1: like former Blazer Wings, it's a great place for them to end up, right? It's where it's where they all end up. Robert with Norm and Roco Ro- Norm and Rocco and, and Nico. Um yeah I well, I did a bold prediction show uh, for yesterday's show and I did predict that Jeremy Grant won't be traded. That was one of my bold predictions, but that, I'm just, this is a guess. Um, yeah. I think he'll, I think he'll, he'll certainly have some interest. Um, if the Clippers had real draft picks, I'd be excited to talk about a, a show uh, with you, but um, they're not, certainly not going to trade Terrence Mann and I'm KJ Martin and a 2030 draft pick. Ain't exactly my cup of tea, but I do like KJ Martin. Um, yeah, I I just think they're I just think they're the lack of top end talent and the and the depth like the depth is a big issue. They don't yeah. have. Well, you is know, Brogdon
0: sticking around. What's his situation?
1: Right. So so the idea when they got Brogdon and Adrian Wojnarowski, who's been on it for the Blazers, basically just like he's been the guy for him in terms of front office perspective. He's had it dialed all summer. He was like, yeah, they're going to trade. Malcolm Brogdon, and then he shows up and he's like, "No, they don't need to trade me. I'm so happy to be here." He's just he's saying all the right things. He's kind of like being that guy, but also he's like sixth man of the year. He's 30 years old. Like, I'm sure he can feel his NBA mortality and and was like left Indiana to go play for a really good team, and now he's on a team that's like, you know, things like break w- right for the Blazers. They're going to finish like 11th in the West, right? Like, if they really if it really works out for him, they're like the 11th best team in the West, right? I don't think Malcolm Brogdon wants that. Um, so I think eventually he'll go. So I think like Malcolm Brogdon is potentially gone. Jeremy Grant is potentially gone. Rob Williams, who's a really nice addition off the bench, like he he's a really good player. If he's healthy, he's defensive player of the year candidate. He's like really a useful part on a really good team. Um, is he part of the Blazers' future or is he like trade bait to be because they're you know really really gonna um you know be bad in the trough for two full seasons? It's that that's the question. I think a lot of what this Blazers season is, is like data collection, right? Are are they close? Or is, is Shane Sharp at 20? Not quite there, right? Is Scoot Henderson looks good, but he's 19 and the NBA is a league for adults. And he's, you know, when he's 22, he'll be really good, but that's three seasons from now. Um, so I think it's all about data collection, right? Like, I don't think they're going to be competitive. I think they're doing the right thing by giving, you know, Shane Trump's going to start and they're going to give him the ball. He's going to play 32 minutes a night. That's the right thing to do, right? Like that's the correct way to approach this organizationally Um, it's way better to grow with young players and be bad than to do what they did in the past seasons, which is yank veterans out of the lineup and play 10 day guys. Like I, it is just a much more palatable experience from a a fan perspective to say, here's our young players. Shane Sharp might stink, but he's part of the future. Uh, Scoot might stink this year, but he's part of the future. Like we think these guys are going to be really good and we want them to get like real minutes to be good. Um, You mentioned something about Deandre Ayton. how, when Russ came to the Clippers, how quickly did you kind of realize, cause he was, I think it was pretty darn good actually as, as a Clipper, like how quickly did you realize that sort of the emotional baggage that he had had was like gone and that was going to allow him to play better? Like what were the signs for you as, a, as watching, watching them that you knew Russ was kind of like free
0: first game, to be honest, because I was at the first game, we were playing Sacramento and just the energy in the building was just different. And, he had it was the second highest scoring game in NBA history that night. Oh yeah 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 I remember that game. So, it was nuts. And he got fouled out to a standing ovation. So it was just a, a complete 180 because it, as a player you're going to ride that that high. So Right. That was just a good an ideal situation for him but in Russ's case he's with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Ayton you know he's going to be playing and probably a, he's going to be losing a lot this season. So I still <laughs> yes. think he can have that leap but It's interesting to see how they'll cope with losing it. And plus DeAndre Ayton has been on a, actually, no, the first season he played, he was on a team that wasn't very good. Right. And then he had the second, was it the second season where he had the whole steroid thing or was that the,
1: yes, year two, he missed the first 30 games because of steroids and they almost Um, made the
0: playoffs. That was the one that that was the bubble season where Booker went crazy.
1: Right. That's the 2019, 2020 season. So that's the bubble season where, where they kind of, solidified themselves in the bubble. I was like, Oh, this team's going to be pretty good. And Chris Paul decided to join up. He was like, Ooh, I want to, I want to move to the desert.
0: So now he's experienced winning though, for the last three years, like really consistent winning. So I'm interested to see how he's going to deal with it, but I think he's going to be ecstatic to be in Portland. I mean, most players that play for the Blazers seem to love it. You guys have really good fans. And I think that Ayton is going to love being the go-to guy. He's going to love the touches because he's not at the point of his career, in my opinion, where he's like, craving a championship. He just wants to show people that I'm not he wants to beat the soft allegations. He wants to beat right. the I'm not a star allegations. He wants to prove that he's worth his number 1 pick status. And I think you guys are actually getting him at a good time.
1: Yeah, I I think there is something to him just like wanting to spread his wings, right? Like um, you know, he he the the whole even just like signing the contract with the Clippers was or with the with the Suns was a mess, right? It took till the middle of July because everyone knew they were gonna match whatever he got, and no team wanted to like tie up a max contract in DeAndre Aiden. So he goes and finds a max contract from the Pacers, and the Suns match like they I think they had a 48-hour window and the Suns matched in like 35 minutes. Or the yeah, yeah. The Suns were like, nope, you're coming back. You're under you're like still under house arrest, buddy. Um, so like, he's been itching for this. And even when he showed up on media day, he said, he th- he was said, I thank the Suns for granting my or like respecting my wishes and, and then all these things like he wanted this. And I think, you know, it's not the same as, as, as you mentioned, like Russ is coming to a team that um, maybe foolishly, but they, they think they could win a title and they certainly have the talent. They're talented enough to win a title. Do I think they can? No, I don't think Clippers fans. No, I don't think they can win a title. I'm a hater, but like to, certainly to have enough talent, that's different than DeAndre Ayton's situation. Like you said, it's like, but, but it has a similar vibe in that it's like, listen, I've got this identity. I got this rap. I have this, this sort of, this is what people think I am. What an opportunity to prove that I'm not that. Um, Okay, I mentioned expectations right there. I want to ask you about your Clipper expectations because uh, from from what I've watched of your show, I believe they've changed pretty radically. Let's talk about that in the third segment to close the show, and I'll share some of my Blazer expectations as well.
0: I got to tell you a little something about game time. During Game 3, actually, actually it was Game 4 of the Western Conference Finals, I did not know if I wanted to go to the game till last minute. I just had that urge. Like I I need to be there to support the guys, but I got ripped off because I couldn't find a great deal on last minute tickets. But with game time, that is where that problem would have been solved for me. If I had known about it, then game time is the best place to find the best and most convenient deals on last minute tickets for any event killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy so you know what you're going to walk into. And all in prices show your total up front so you know you're getting a great deal without any hidden fees because a lot of times you apply those fees it's an extra $20 to $30. Download the Game Time app, create an account and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L O C K E D O N N B A, locked on N B A, for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guarantee.
1: Still a pass, first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listen to a locked on Blazers, locked on Clippers crossover here with Darian Vizieri of locked on Clippers. Okay, last season, I think the Clippers had some of the shortest title odds in the league, and I believe there was a new host on the Locked On Podcast Network, host of Locked On Clippers who was very excited. Some of the highest expectations perhaps ever for a Clipper team. You don't seem to have those anymore, my man. I've listened to the show. What what's changed? Why why is it so different?
0: Simply because Kawhi Leonard and Paul George can't prove they can stay healthy for an extended period of time. Kawhi Leonard didn't play 10 consecutive games last year. I mean, Obviously, he has the, that partially is because of the load management, like missing one game of a back-to-back, which right. we thought we were getting him on those conditions, that we knew that he was going to miss one game of a back-to-back because he did it in Toronto and won the championship that way. Look, I can sit here all day and talk about my issues with that, but what I know, Kawhi has a degenerative knee. I, I, we realized what we were getting when we got him with that particular thing. It's those other games where they, you think that they may, there may not be an injury and they don't play, that you're like, come on, we need this game. Like, I'm not necessarily blaming them. But then there's the Clipper medical staff conversation. Are they, you know, on the side of caution, only for them to get hurt eventually? Like, it just feels like the fans are getting screwed more than anything with this experience of having Kawhi and Paul George. Besides the one year where we broke the second-round curse, and made the conference finals, it's been a drag. But you know what? I'll give you one good year. The year that Kawhi didn't play one game, because we had no expectations, and Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard found a way to win 42 games. Right. And by the way, I wanted to ask about Brogdon. Is he, so is he going to play on opening night? Yeah, he's totally clear. It seems like what happened with the Clippers trade
1: was that um, Chris Apsporzingas had like a midnight deadline to enter free agency, and he was like, I'm going to enter free agency, and then you won't be able to trade for me. So and the Clippers are like, well, we're going to meet with Brogdon the following day to like get his medicals. And Chris Epps was like, nah, you're not. Cause I'm going, I'm, you need to make a decision immediately. So the Boston, so the Celtics had to like pivot and then trademark is smart. So I, I think like, certainly he was like, you know, he had a torn tendon in his forearm. Like he was not, he was not healthy, but I think, um, he, it it wasn't that he specifically failed the medicals with the Clippers. It's that they just didn't have time to like fully look at them. I think is the is the current reporting. You can choose your own adventure on what you want to believe on that one. But yeah, he's gonna play. He's gonna come off the bench and play. It's gonna be um, it's a pretty a good, good seven
0: man rotation. Yeah, I
1: yeah. would say the Blazers top eight is at least fun. Like Scoot and Matisse is gonna start at three. Uh, Jeremy Grant. And Aiden. And then Rob Williams, Brogdon, and Shaden Sharp, that's like that's a fun top eight. It's a pretty fun top eight. Um, they they don't have the 11 NBA players problem for sure, but I think they like two of those guys are 19 and 20, so it's gonna be tough. But like, yeah, they have some like useful vets in that in their in the front half of the rotation. I don't think the Blazers are gonna be like god-awful. I mean, I think their record's gonna be bad, but I think they're gonna be competitive. I just think the West right. is really, really good, right? Like yeah. what, I'm curious about that. Where do you see in in the crowded west, I think like the consensus is that Denver and Phoenix are at the top. Um the other uh staple center tenant is is often picked in that third spot. But where do you see the Clippers stacking up in a crowded West?
0: Crazy with the Clippers because they could be anywhere between two to ten because of the yeah. injuries to Kawhi and Paul. But in the last twelve years, the Lakers have only finished above the Clippers one time. So as much as everybody's higher on the Lakers because of some of the additions they've made and because they just made the conference finals, the regular season health has not been that much better than the Clippers. When Like in seasons, that one season that Kawhi tore his ACL and didn't play a game, you kind of have to discount that. He tore his ACL. It is what it is. But in the season that he's active, he plays around the same as LeBron and AD in terms of games. So regular season-wise, I think that we're not too far away from them, but it just seems like that conference finals run has given them that Benefit of the doubt. As far as regular season, my expectation, like my prediction, was fifth seed. But that's coming with I don't think Kawhi and Paul can stay healthy enough. If we get sixty plus games from Kawhi and Paul George and Ty Lu and everyone backs up the whole seriousness thing, we can. We should be <laughs> a top. Three. We should be a top three seed. Honestly, we should be. Yeah, I think. I, I think they're
1: talented enough to be there for sure.
0: Yeah, we yeah. also have four former Blazers, which I think is funny: Nico Batum, Norman Powell, Robert Covington, and Mason Plumlee.
1: Yeah, the the number of just like random Blazers role players hanging around the West, and now in Phoenix with Nurk and Drew Eubanks and Nazir Little, like you could field a pretty good NBA bench with a bunch of dudes who used to start for the Blazers over the last decade. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's, uh, it's for sure a possibility. Okay, I, I, you I know you mentioned this. I'm, I'm I'm curious your thoughts on it since you're going to be in the building. Scoot Henderson has said he that Russell Westbrook is like one of his NBA heroes, a guy he's looked up to. Um, How much do you how much of Russ do you see in Scoot's game? And and uh, and and kind of what do you think about that matchup in general?
0: Well, I'm not going to sit here and lie and act like I've watched Scoot Henderson play a full game, just the summer league games. i watched. Wait, you were watching
1: the G League Ignite like you were not just pouring over the G League Ignite games. Do you have what do you have other interests in the world?
0: (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately not. But Scoot, I mean, I've seen I've seen the highlights, and I can see where the Russ comparisons come in. Super sure. strong football player, like looking guard that can, you know, jump out of the gym. Jump shot is being questioned. Very similar to how Westbrook was, but I think it's going to be a very interesting matchup. I do see some some of that Russell Westbrook nuclear athleticism, but I'm just excited to watch him play, and I also think. You might think, and Blazers fans are definitely not expecting a win here. Clipper fans are all expecting a win here. Yeah. I think this is going to be a tricky game because, as you said, that first seven-man rotation for the Blazers is pretty good. Those are all good players. One of the things the Clippers struggled with last year is young and athletic teams that can kind of get up and down. And the Blazers, they have some of that, especially with Scoot Henderson. So I'm interested to see, with the Clippers being a little more youthful this year, wanting to – when I said they want to play fast, I don't mean we're going to be a run-and-gun team by any means. But I just mean not be so, so slow, like 28, 27th in the league in pace. Because now we have Westbrook, Bones, Highland, Terrence Mann getting more minutes, and K.J. Martin. These are guys, and even Mason Plumlee, these yeah, are guys who are yeah. to play up and down. So our personnel is actually a little bit better to play up and down. But I think that may favor you guys in some way. I think the dangerous part about this game for the Clippers in a trap game is that it's opening night. Scoot Henderson's first NBA game. is a huge moment for him in his personal life in LA. I know it's not a nationally televised game, but this is Los Angeles. This is the Staples center. There are going to be people out there. And I think he is going to want to put on a show. And then the main way I think you could beat the Clippers is Aiden's first game as a, as a blazer. He has 40 points and makes a statement to everyone that like he is here because I will say this one thing. If it's a Zubats is a very good player, but. DeAndre Ayton was the player of the series in the conference finals that we lost to the, the Suns. Like he was great. He killed, yeah, he was great. He killed, he killed us on the glass. And when he's confident, when he's being empowered, the guy's a really skilled player. He's got a great mid range. He's got a great, yeah. great actual post game Could turn over either shoulder, jump hook. So he, that's the Avenue where I think Portland could win is, you know, you get a little Malcolm Brogdon control in the game. Scoot Henderson goes, Makes this makes a statement, but Ayton is the key, I think, to winning this game. But overall, Clippers got to win the game. I got the Clippers winning.
1: Yeah, take that, Frankie Munez. Take that, Billy Crystal. Clipper Daryl. I don't seen Frankie Munez in so long. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Frankie goes to Clippers games anymore. I'm gonna have to update my uh, my Clippers fan jokes. What about Billy Crystal? He's still in the gym.
0: Yeah, I don't see him as much regularly, but I know he's still at games here and there. Clipper right. Daryl, that's another story for another day. Uh, he's <laughs> nowhere near the presence that he once was in the early 2010s and and two thousands um that's where dime dropper has to come in
1: yeah listen i hope you have your red and blue suit and you're ready to ride and you're uh <laughs> never okay well at, at least consider it okay never is maybe a little strong at least consider it i think it could be i think it'd be a whole bunch of fun yeah I, i'm with you on aiden like um zoo is i really like zoo like I, I think he's like legitimately one of the most underrated players in the league he's just solid as hell yeah. um and they needed him to play like more than he was capable of last year. They needed like 40 right. minutes of zoo every night. Um, and they need him to be good and not foul out. And I was like, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think having Mason there, he's a really good backup center. I think that'll help. Um, I'm curious d- who gets the sort of star treatment. Like, and and how much do they deploy kind of like Kawhi go swallow up the game type of defense? Because um, I feel like you see less of that during the regular season where Kawhi is just you like think Kawhi
0: guards, best player type thing. Yeah,
1: it's oh, pretty rare, I right?
0: Think, I'll tell you what we're going to do. I think the Clippers are going to switch one through four. But what I think sure. we're going to do is Kawhi is going to guard Jeremy Grant to start the game. Yeah. PG on Sharp, Scoot and Russ are going to match up. And then we're going to have Terrence guarding Simons, because as of now, I would say if you had to choose a candidate to take the most shots for you guys, would you choose Simons Probably.
1: Yeah. Well, JG might hijack some possessions, but it'll be him and it'll be him or Jeremy. But I think it'll be Ant if I had to guess because he gets to dribble more.
0: Right. So that's why Terrence will be on on Anthony. Uh, if it's Anthony Simons.
1: If it's if it's Matisse at three, do they do they um, maybe put Kawhi on on Thibault so he can roam a little Run. bit? Do they ever do stuff like that? Is, is Tyler going to start or just saying when he's yeah, in the game? He's going to start at the three. Yeah. Oh, and who's coming off the bench? Shaden Sharp, your boy. They're going to, he's going to, he's going to be a seventh man, sixth, seventh man.
0: Oh, okay. I thought he was starting. The ESPN depth chart has him starting. And I figured just because, you know, lottery pick. Okay. Then absolutely. I think we're going to put Kawhi Leonard on, uh, on, on Tylo. Yeah. But, you know, well, I'm tempted to say that maybe Westbrook because he's not a ter Actually, no off ball. He's not as good, but there are some things Westbrook does off the ball in terms of just his athleticism and like rebounding. where sagging off. It's not a bad thing. Ty Lou could get like, make a statement and say, you know, Paul George, go guard Anthony Simons. Let's show right. we're serious. You know what I'm saying? I doubt Kawhi guards Simons but, and, or yeah. good Henderson. So yeah, Kawhi is likely going to roam, but I wouldn't be surprised if they threw Russ as a roamer. And then Paul George, guarding um guarding what's Scoot his name? guarding Anthony Simons actually yes yeah, yeah, okay. yeah Scoot yeah it's it's that makes it a lot more interesting that Matisse Thibel is going to start they could yeah, definitely it, dare him to shoot no doubt
1: yeah it, it, he shot pretty well with the Blazers last year over 38% on like almost four attempts a game but okay. like there's so much data on Thibel that he can't shoot and they don't guard him like a shooter so like it's it's one of those funny things like 38% is just a true fact in the box score. It's a true fact on basketball reference. And then you watch them play the games and they don't give a mm. heck about 38% from three. Nobody treats him like a 38% three point shooter. Um, you earn it in the league. Like you earn it with your reputation in the league. It's it's one of the, like the fun chess pieces. Maybe Thibault will keep shooting above league average from three and you have to guard him like that. But, but um, during his blazer career, it was very brief, 25 games. He was making shots and people were like, cool. We bet you can't keep doing it and they guard him that way. That's why I think um they won't close with Thibol on the floor. They'll close with Sharp because I think they want to have plus mm. offensive players. But if you close with Sharp, that means like Shaden Sharp guards Paul George at the end of a game.
0: Yeah, best, right. Best of luck. Best of luck to that. Now that I'm thinking about it more, I don't think Kawhi Leonard uh would be the roamer if Jeremy Grant's in. I think Kawhi Leonard is going to be asked to guard Grant much quicker than Paul George would be asked to do it. Sure. Paul George has sure. expressed that he doesn't want to, you know, he said, I'm done bulking up. I'm more focused. I mean, quicker, faster. So he doesn't want to play up as much. I think Kawhi Leonard's more willing to play up and given his size and, and how good of a rebounder he he is. I think that makes more sense anyway. Yeah. Kawhi just yeah. more muscular, like just, Yeah. So I it's, think you'll be. I can't believe we're there. like
1: ten years removed from when Paul George was supposed to play power forward for the Pacers. That is, it's amazing that that's that's ten years ago now, and now he's like a two. Boy, now he's yeah. like a very big shooting guard with David West. He was playing power forward. It was the year that it was the year that they were going to go a little bit bigger and play less Roy Hibbert. They were, mm. uh, I think, it was the last year of LeBron. And it was maybe the LeBron. It was the Le, the LeBron championship year. The in against the against the Spurs that season. Paul George was going to bulk up to play the four because Danny Granger was gone, and they wanted to be they oh. wanted to be more they wanted to be smaller because they had to match up with Battier and Bosch and stuff like that. And PG was um, into it for whatever twenty games to start the year, and then it was like this sucks. Actually,
0: well, it's funny that you mentioned that because part of the reason why that series went so far is because Hibbert was a problem for the Heat. Right. Right. Yeah. Some good and he, team. Indiana. Roy Hibbert kind of aged
1: out of uh, the NBA right before our eyes. So one of a weird, yeah. uh, in real time, we watched the league and the strategy of the league pass him by. Uh, but now Vogel's back, and he's gonna uh, freaking turn uh, Yusuf Nurkic into the new Roy Hibbert. Um, okay, Clippers are the fifth best team in the West. You heard it from Darian here first. Uh, and the Blazers are something like the fourteenth best team in the West. Uh, should be a really fun. Should be a really fun opening night. Uh, I'm excited. You're gonna be there. Uh, If you are listening to Lockdown Clippers, make sure it's your first listen. If you're listening to Lockdown Blazers, make sure it's your first listen. Darn, this is a whole bunch of fun. Thanks for doing this, man. Oh, anytime. This is great. I can't wait.
0: Appreciate everybody listening. We'll talk to you soon.